This episode of Books and Boba was sponsored by Book of the Month, a curated book subscription that offers five new and early release books to choose from each month and delivered right to your door. Their editorial team chooses the books, vetting them from hundreds a month, and members can choose up to three books each month. Book of the Month is a great way to branch out into new genres or styles that you might not be familiar with. Book of the Month supports up-and-coming authors, especially debut writers from diverse backgrounds. Um, Book of the Month is commitment-free, and you can skip any month you want as many times as you want. This month's books include The Beach Read by Emily Henry, The Guest List by Lucy Foley, Valentine by Elizabeth Wetmore, The Library of Legends by Janie Chang, and The Paris Hours by Alex George. Your first month's book is just $9.99 with the code BOOKSANDBOBA in all caps, no spaces. Uh, some of their past picks have been Minjin Lee's Pachinko, The Leavers by Lisa Ko, and Rainbirds by Clarissa Gonalan, which were all Books and Boba picks. So if you're interested in subscribing, you can go over to bookofthemonth.com. And now our show. You're listening to... And welcome back to another episode of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And welcome to our April 2020 mid-month um, book news review. Uh, we are officially in month two of the great lockdown of 2020 um, here in LA. Is it really month two? I mean... I mean, we started. It's been it's been, it's been a month. <laughs> it's the se- it, like it it started at the end of March. No, it started so, mid March. Uh, it started like the weekend that the lockdown. Yeah, it started the weekend that South by Southwest was supposed to happen, which was like the thirteenth of March. Hmm. I, I guess it's because like I was still working uh, by by the by the end of March. Like my self isolation didn't start <laughs> until then, so uh, time has no meaning. Yeah. I know you work at a bookstore, so how how yes, has that I been? Do. How has that been for you all? We are gearing up to do virtual events, so we've just been doing a lot of like technical tests, and uh, yeah, like everybody has to be really innovative at this time, which is good, but also kind of bad, <laughs> kind of bad because uh, you know, like independent bookstores, the thing that makes them special is you know, going to the store, getting like personal staff recommendations, like the vibe there. So yeah, you don't really get that through a computer screen, which is unfortunate, but also the author talks are more, um, more available, like readily available as yeah. long as you have internet. I mean, it's 2020. Weren't we promised like virtual reality by now? Like we should be able to just We go do anywhere. have virtual reality. <laughs> but the fidelity like they is have- not there. But they have the like they have VRs now where you can like do commutes where you can like be in an office meeting. It's just that the cost for it is very expensive. I know, but I'm talking about like the like sensory virtual reality where I can just plug in something into my neck and just experience things online. Just saying. Um, so 
Before we go over news, actually, Marvin, how are you doing? Sorry, I was just talking about <laughs> myself for a bit. Are I'm, you safe? Are you keeping? Uh, yeah, I've keeping um, busy. I've been keeping busy. I've been home for the last month, um, barely going out. Maybe like you know, I think the last time I went out was to stock up on groceries like earlier this week. But before that, I hadn't been out of the house for maybe like for at least two weeks you know I, i'm lucky enough to have a yard so i can go outside and like breathe fresh air every once in a while but um it's been i don't know if you feel this and maybe it's just the freelance nature of my work but i feel like i've been busier than i've ever been before and because you're at home like every day just feels like one long work day and i don't know it feels yeah i'm, a I'm definitely <laughs> feeling that as well yeah. Um, I think it like I think it's also because you don't have that separation of of just like okay I'm going on my commute now and I'm going to the place where I work and then once I leave that's when I stop work. Like you don't have <laughs> that boundary when you're at home. So yeah. like you said all of the hours just kind of blend together. The workday means nothing. I'm eating at odd hours, I'm staying up late. It's um it's like I'm back in college but less fun because I'm not seeing anybody anymore. Yes, you are more of the extrovert out of us, <laughs> so you're probably suffering a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, I have been looking for ways to, you know, socialize. So I've been playing like online board games with friends, having virtual happy hours. And maybe that's the reason why my brain went to like, we should have a better ways to like socialize virtually. And I think that's like the next frontier of telecommunications in our post-virus world, because um, this outbreak isn't going away anytime soon, no matter what anyone says, like until there's a vaccine and who like people say 18 months. But that's like a that's like a very optimistic prediction, you know, like who knows when life will return to normal, if life will return to normal. Not to put a bleak um, topper to this conversation, but like the world is changing, you know, and who knows what it'll look like on the other side. I think on top of like the world changing, uh, America has just been so broken in so many ways in terms of just like healthcare and like uh, capitalism work culture. I think <laughs> I think this pandemic is proving uh, to a lot of Americans right now that like all the stuff that's been happening so far has not been great. Right. Like, tying healthcare to your workplace is not great because people are getting laid off and <laughs> they don't have their health insurance anymore. Yeah, we're seeing the cracks. And like, you know, as people who read books and a lot of genre fiction in particular, you know, we've been predisposed to, you know, being at least aware of all these flaws. But I think we mentioned this before, even like after reading Severance and seeing kind of like all these things that people have observed is completely true. And we have learned nothing from reading fiction or speculative fiction about this type of situation. Well, the people who, you know, can actually make a change in like in, in like healthcare and like uh, government, they have not read those books. Yeah, <laughs> they're not the types to to read uh, speculative, oh, no. dystopian. They're, fiction. they're the people who watch Game of Thrones and say, "I want to be Cersei." Right. Oh, so so like you're talking about like the people who watch Parasite, for example, and they're just like, man, this is why you never trust the help. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God, oh. those people are the worst. 
Well, one bright spot in all this is at least people are still writing books and making book deals. So at least for the foreseeable future, we're going to have new stories and you know who knows what kind of new stories will come from this time. And because books aren't just limited to physical things, people can still write and be paid to write stories, which is which is great. Oh, this is just reminding me of like, I remember when uh, I was at like a book event, like a book launch event, and I was reading on my phone. And this old lady like saw me and she said, and she said to her old lady friend, oh, young people don't read anymore. They're always on their phones. And, <laughs> and now excuse I'm just me. like, excuse and, me, and, and yeah, excuse me, Karen. But, uh, <laughs> but it's just like now a lot of people are reading through digital books because that is like the only way to buy new books nowadays, unless you want to like wait a very long time. And it's just like, yeah, maybe you should not be snobbish about about digital books and how, you know, like proper reading is reading with a physical copy. I don't know. I know. Like, that's just it's <laughs> just something that popped up. And now I kind of feel, I don't know, validated <laughs> yeah. as like an avid digital uh, book reader. But moving on, our April 2020 book club pick again is Mimi Lee Gets a Clue by Jennifer J. Chow. Which I actually finished last night. So this is oh, like the did. first time in a while. Maybe this is the benefits of isolation that I, is I have more time to, you know, do stuff. Um, but yeah. I, uh, how is it? How is it so far? I enjoyed it. It's um, it's an interesting take on detective fiction. Um, I won't say more um, until our discussion at, at the end of the month. But it's um, it's a pretty cute story. Um, it's, did I deliver on on like a happier book? For, you did deliver for, on like a light read. This is like a, a book that is uh, it's not particularly challenging, um, but has a lot of great moments and is just overall a really fun read and definitely a good break from all the you know um, all the existential uh, despair that we're faced with every day in like real life. Um, so thank you for for doing that. Are you not entertained? <laughs> um, and speaking of thanking Rira, uh, I wanted to also thank you for, again, uh, compiling all the book news. We actually have a ton of news this episode, which is which is um, a contrast to the last few where we've kind of had to um, dig for, for Asian American uh, lit news. Yeah. Um, that's the strange thing about publishing, you know, like a book deal comes out, but the deal was being made like maybe two years ago. Yeah. So all of the all of the books that were being written like two years ago, now they're coming out. Mm. Um yeah. so our first book deal, Marvin, can you take the lead? <laughs> sure. Penguin Teen Canada acquired two books in a YA duology by debut author Chiran J. Zhao. Uh, pitched as Pacific Rim meets The Handmaid's Tale, the first book, Iron Widow, is set in a world with a patriarchal military system where male pilots of giant magical mecha are treated like celebrities and female pilots must serve as their concubines. The novel's heroine is 18-year-old Wu Zetian, who embarks on a journey to avenge her sister's murder. Publication is slated for fall 2021 for the first title, and the second book is slated for fall 2022. This sounds amazing. Um, I don't know if you know, but Wu Zetian is a legendary figure in Chinese history. She oh, was, I did not know that. Yeah, she is a real life 
empress of China. Like she started her own dynasty in imperial China. And the story is like she started as a concubine for the emperor of the previous dynasty and pretty much arranged for her to succeed him. I think I've seen a documentary on her. I just like never remember the <laughs> names of of like of like important historical figures. It's it's yeah, pretty terrible. There's been entire historical dramas and movies based on her life in China. Well, Shiran's book sounds pretty badass, <laughs> considering that there's like like mecha robots. Yeah, and I am all for that as a as a Gundam fan. Not just mecha, know? but magical mecha. So like an Escaflone type thing, you know. Man, Escaflone, it's been so long since I've watched that show. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know if you um, follow um, Shiran on Twitter, but she made a post recently about like, announcing this book deal and following up on the Twitter promise that if she ever got a publishing deal, she would um, do her author picture in her cow suit. Because I guess she's an um, avid cosplayer as well. And so she did a photo shoot with her wearing a cow suit, which is pretty amazing. So check that out. That's that is a promise to make as an as an author. That is, you know, that's quite the dedication. All right. So our next book deal is Amulet Bought an Island With You, a YA debut by Malulani Moreno. Set in contemporary Hawaii, this own voices novel features two boys struggling with identity and loss in their community after other boys in their town go missing. Publication is planned for spring 2021. Continuing the trend of awesome own voices books. Is this a like is this a niche of of like like Hawaiian crime novels? Because I feel like it's kind of common to have like a death or like a missing person's case in quote unquote paradise. Like I feel like that that has to be a trope. A very like un like very like niche trope. Right? I don't know. If if you agree with me, please let me know on Twitter. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, Viking bought Pashmina author Nidhi Chanani's debut picture book, What Will My Story Be? As well as a second untitled project. The picture book follows a girl who was inspired to create her own imaginative stories after listening to her aunties tell their tales. Publication is set for fall 2021. I remember seeing um, Pashmina at Comic-Con um, at one of the booths and the artwork is really really beautiful so congrats to her for getting a second deal you know a lot of uh bookstores now are doing story time over zoom or whatever so parents will have their kid like in front of a tablet or a computer while someone reads a book to them nice that's pretty cute that's cool uh Next up, Walker Books U.S. acquired world rights to Alexandra Lee Young's debut novel, Idle Gossip, in an exclusive submission. Pitched as Gossip Girl meets K-pop, the YA novel follows the daughter of an American diplomat who is recruited into a K-pop group after her family moves to Seoul, only to find her path to stardom threatened by an influential gossip blogger intent on bringing her down. Publication is planned for 2021. So how deep do you think this book will dive into the dark side of Korean fandom? Um, I, I don't really think this is a fandom book. I think it's more of a... Um, it, it seems more of like a tabloid. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, What I have noticed with, with a lot of like Korean journalism is that when it comes to celebrities and... Uh, Actually, like a lot of other subjects too, there seems to be less fact checking 
um, of course there, of, of course there are like great long for long form articles out there in, in Korean newspapers, but a lot of the celebrity news is just getting it out there as fast as you can. Um, yeah. So like, I'm guessing that this, this book is going to kind of, uh, be a commentary on that and just like how media, scrutinizes uh celebrities in korea without you know without really considering the consequences or just like not caring yeah um yeah and with like the whole dark side to k-pop like i feel like there's a dark side to entertainment everywhere i don't think it's really a k-pop like just a k-pop thing um but this sounds interesting there's plenty there's a lot of k-pop books that have come out this year and are coming out next year so it's yeah yeah it's like an interesting basket. <laughs> <laughs> it's idol gossip with the idol spelled I D O L because wordplay. All right, next up, Harper Collins acquired music journalist Kara Bodegon's middle grade graphic novel debut, Swallow and Mage. Inspired by Filipino folklore, the graphic novel follows the story of best friends, a two legged shark and a young sorceress, as they travel mundo to free the mystical Bakunawa from its rage before darkness and corruption take over and all magic is wiped out. Publication is planned for winter 2023. Uh, Next up, Faywell and Friends has acquired The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea by Axie O, who is the author of Rebel Soul. The YA fantasy is pitched as a feminist retelling of the Korean folktale, The Tale of Shim Chung, with echoes of Miyazaki. In a town where a girl is sacrificed every year to the sea to stop torrential rains, one brave teen dives in herself to protect a loved one and discovers a spirit kingdom in need of saving. Publication is planned for winter 2022. Did you um, ever finish Rebel Soul? I did. It was um, it was pretty cool. Like like I said, I'm a big Mecha Gundam <laughs> fan, so it was definitely right up my alley. Yeah. I'm really glad that a lot of Asian American authors are embracing their inner anime love. You know, like I feel I feel like like I feel like growing up, you kind of get looked down upon for liking nerdy things like anime and like video games. But now it's considered to be, you know, mainstream and cool. So (laughs) so it's nice that like we're getting more stories where it's like, yes, there is this asian (laughs) sci-fi effect like we're owning our own like folk tales and heritage and it's really great that they're coming into like the magical sci-fi uh genres yeah next up in a six-figure two-book preempt succubicious webcomic creator michelle lamb's debut middle-grade graphic novel series pitched as bone meets zeta the space girl and roller girl the story follows young demon mish as she goes on an adventure to save the underworld, making surprising new friends, defeating bullies, and realizing the secret to real power is loving yourself. Publication is set for summer 2022 and summer 2023, respectively. Yeah, yeah another another middle grade graphic novel. The only one of these um these examples that I recognize is Bone. I read a lot of Bone. Yeah, I'm the only thing I'm familiar with is Zeta the Space Girl, uh-huh. which was a Disney Channel show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm really curious as to how that description plays into the book. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Godwin Books bought world rights to Dane Liu's debut picture book, Friends Are Friends Forever, which celebrates Lunar New Year, the tradition of Chinese paper cutting, and sharing the magic of friendship across continents. 
and the illustrator is Lynn Scurfield. Publication is set for fall 2021. Is it my turn? Yeah, it is. All right. Next up, Penny Candy Books bought world rights to Between Two Worlds, The Art and Life of Amrita Shurgil, written by Mira Sriram and illustrated by Ruchi Bakshi Sharma. This picture book biography follows the titular Indian-Hungarian painter who blended Eastern and Western traditions to paint what was not previously seen in fine art. The workers, the forgotten, and most especially the sadness that the women around her carried. Publication is scheduled for spring 2021. Indian Hungarian painter. Wow. Like, yeah, that is a very interesting background. And like revolutionary art, which is, you know, pretty timely in this day and age. How come I didn't learn anything about her in art history? (laughs) Because we were educated in America, in the West, and which has a, you know, predisposed bias towards dead white dudes. I I was being rhetorical, but, (laughs) but, but yeah, I, I took so many like, art history classes in college and it was yeah it was just like all white people yeah um barely touched on like asia or south american it was just like all of europe and america uh Mm. it was yeah it was kind of depressing (laughs) (laughs) uh next up we have penguin workshop bought author illustrator benson shum's alex's good fortune in which alex and her family share their special chinese new year traditions with friends Publication is planned for spring 2021. A lot of like Lunar New Year themed books. I wonder if this is like a publisher strategy that we need themed books for this season. Um, But I'm not complaining that much. Congrats to Benson um, for for his book deal. Um, Next up, in a two book six figure deal, FSG acquired Warrior Princess, the story of Kutalun by author illustrator Sally Deng. The book follows the title of the great-great-granddaughter of Genghis Khan, the princess who could rule on the battlefield as well as or better than any soldier. When she is faced with a potential marriage, she learns that sometimes the best way to serve one's community is to stay true to oneself. Publication is slated for winter 2022. Um, so next up, Random House acquired Jennifer Chan is Not Alone, a middle-grade novel by Tay Keller, who is the author of The Science of Breakable Things and When You Trap a Tiger. When eccentric Jennifer Chan disappears, her former friend goes looking for her, wondering if Jennifer was driven away by bullying classmates or if she was abducted by aliens she hunted. Publication is planned for winter 2022. Mm-hmm. I'm getting like some Stranger Things vibes from this one, like kind of kid adventure mystery. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although I've never like, I think I watched the first three episodes of Stranger Things and I just kind of dropped off. <laughs> It's really, I mean, that that show is tailor-made for, like, 80s kids, you know? Yeah, I, I have, like, no nostalgia for that time, so... Well, yeah, because both of us are technically 90s kids, because that's when we came of age. So our, our stuff is coming soon, I think. <laughs> Next up, Little Brown has acquired world rights to Once Upon a Book, co-written by Kate Mesner and Grace Lynn and illustrated by Lynn. Inspired by the poster Lynn created for the 2019 Children's Book Week, the picture book is about a girl who can go anywhere in the world through the pages of a book. Publication is set for fall 2021. This book would have been perfect for the pandemic where everybody is stuck at home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's kind of meta where it's like a book about how awesome books are. It kind of reminds me of like the Magic Treehouse series. Have you ever read those? No. The premise of that series is that two... Um, 
I think they're in elementary school. I'm not sure if they're in middle school, but two kids, they have a clubhouse, a treehouse, and they're able to like travel to different time periods in history and just kind of like have adventures. And uh, I remember like reading a lot of them growing up. (laughs) Um, I, I don't think it was because like I was super interested in it. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you just kind of read whatever is given to you. Yeah. So, yeah, like my mom went to a garage sale and she just like bought like an entire box full of these books. And uh, that series was a part of it. So I grew up like reading a lot of them. So it's just kind of (laughs) reminiscent of of that where kids can go anywhere using imagination and uh, and just like magical objects. Yeah. And we actually have one last story that um, just broke a few days ago. Um, Feiwei and Friends has announced the 2021 launch of Reclaim Classics, a YA series that will offer a fresh perspective on timeless works of literature. Written by various authors, the novels will uphold the core plot points, characters, and themes of familiar versions of classic novels, yet these key components will be filtered through the lenses of the writer's diverse experiences. These Reclaim Classics will debut in spring 2021 with Treasure Island by C.B. Lee and will continue with Little Women by Bethany C. Morrow, Robin Hood by Amina May Safi, and Wuthering Heights by Tasha Suri. So basically, in essence, this is the campaign that Barnes & Noble should have done when they did their um, diverse covers campaign. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a clapback, all right. <laughs> but um, this sounds pretty cool. I'm excited to see what C.B. Lee um, does with Treasure Island. Um, I think um, based on her Twitter, she's basing her version on the actual like pirates and navigators of Imperial China, which is which That's is a cool, cool angle to take with it. Yeah, yeah, like China had pirates too. Yeah. <laughs> well, out of these classics that are being reclaimed, uh, I'm I love Little Women, so I'm excited to read Bethany's uh, adaptation of it. One of the things she says to Publisher Weekly is um, every earlier adaptation of Little Women has cast another quartet of white women to tell this supposedly universal story. Worse, it takes place during the Civil War, but doesn't involve or present any narratives of Black American women at the time. So yeah, I'm like, I'm excited to read like uh, Little Black Women, I guess. (laughs) And you know, like Robin Hood by Amina May Safi, like, I didn't grow up reading Robin Hood, but I've definitely like seen the the Disney cartoon and like the I mean, I feel like for most of us who grew up with Disney, that was Robin Hood to us. There's like a fairly recent adaptation of Robin Hood, which is like really, really awful. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember like who okay, I'm gonna look this up because it was so bad. Yeah, that's the one with Taron Egerton, the one, one where um he's the like, one with Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the okay. origin story for Robin Hood, right? Yeah, it it bad. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the news portion of our mid-month episode. A uh, quick piece of news. We were featured on NetGalley's list of bookish podcasts. Yeah. Uh, we're very, very happy and honored that, you know, they included us. It's always great to be on lists. It's it's more Props. of like, oh, people actually listen to us because it's you. <laughs> I mean, like with usually it's you and me in like the studio and that's it. And even now it's like we're not even in the same room together. So it <laughs> feels even more alone. And it's like, yeah. I feel like I'm talking to the void. But when people include us on lists, I'm like, OK, like there's at least 
10 people who are listening to this. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was really happy that we were featured on there. Um, yeah. Thank you to that. And okay. So the 2020 Whiting Awards winners were announced uh, earlier this month. Um, the Whiting Awards was founded uh, since 1985, and they give annually to 10 emerging writers in fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and drama, uh, like, I think, $50,000 uh, each uh, based on early accomplishment and just, you know, works yeah. with great potential. And uh, some of the people who have... Uh, gotten it have been like very prolific asian american authors i'm i believe alexander chi uh is a former recipient and i think uh ocean vong was also a recipient and uh this year's winners are ling ma uh the author of severance uh she won uh the fiction category aria aber she won the poetry category um her debut book hard damage won the 2018 prairie schooner book prize in poetry and uh her work has appeared in the new yorker and yale review and several other publications and uh gia tolentino won the nonfiction category and uh, she's formerly the deputy editor at jezebel and she's a contributing editor at the hairpin uh, her book of essays, Trick Mirror, was a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. Speaking of awards, the Hugo Award finalists were announced recently. Um, it was the Worldcon was supposed to take place in New Zealand, but uh, because of coronavirus, uh, they have made the event virtual. So they'll be doing the final uh, award ceremony online. And you can learn more about their virtual event through worldcon.org. Here are the Asian Asian American finalists for the Hugo Awards. Uh, for Best Novella, Anxiety is the Dizziness of Freedom by Ted Chiang. Uh, for Best Novelette, um, Follows, also by Ted Chiang. The nominees for Best Short Story are As the Last I May Know by S.L. Huang, who um, also wrote uh, one of our book club picks, um, Zero Sum Game. Ten excerpts from the annotated bibliography of the cannibal women of Ratnabar Island by Nibadita Sen. And Now His Lordship is Laughing by Shiv Ramdas. All right. For Best Related Work, uh, we have the 2019 John W. Campbell Award Acceptance Speech by Jeanette Ng. I can't believe that is a category, but you know what? Like that speech was pretty great it was <laughs> i mean uh, it, we talked about it in a past episode and it, it, it was it was you know she deserved to win <laughs> i mean we'll bring up the the um actual change that happened through that speech in like two categories but yeah that's pretty it's very meta i think yes um for best graphic story or comic uh there is monstrous volume four the chosen Written by Marjorie Liu and illustrated by Sana Takeda. Which I have uh, caught up with Monstrous, and that story is still, it still bangs. It's still real good. Okay, that's really good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the Lodestar Award for Best Young Adult Book, uh, we have Dragon Pearl by Yun Ha Lee. And for the Astounding Award for the newly renamed <laughs> Astounding Awards. Uh, the newly renamed Astounding <laughs> Award for the Best New Science Fiction Writer. Uh, we have R.F. Kuang, uh, Nibadita Sen, and Tasha Suri, and they're all 
in their second year of eligibility. Yeah. So those are the Asian and Asian American finalists for the Hugo Awards. Looking forward to seeing who wins. Um, personally, I'm rooting for Arf Kwong, but that's just because I really like the Poppy War. Um, so next up in our news, uh, we have actually two book festival news. Um, so one of the book festivals that we're going to mention is Y'all Stay Home. And it's um, it's the virtual book festival version of Y'all West because Y'all West was canceled due to uh, COVID-19. And they're going to be doing a bunch of virtual panels. Um, I'm not sure which platform yet, but you could find out more on yallwest.com. And uh, their panels are going to go from April 25th to the 26th. And there's a bunch of Asian American authors who are listed as featured authors for the panels. Uh, one of them is Abigail Hing Wen, who we've had on the show before. So uh, check it out if you are interested. Yeah. And speaking of um, digital book fests, um, Everywhere Book Fest is taking place May 1st to May 2nd. Reba, what, what is Everywhere Book Fest? So since a lot of book festivals got canceled due to coronavirus, um, Ellen O and Christina Suntornvat, they decided to uh, create a digital programming for, for authors who uh, were unable to promote their books uh, this season. Um, it's obviously it's, it's a very hard time for everyone. Uh, but for authors, especially debut authors, um, you know, like they rely on book signings and speaking, speaking events to sell their books. So uh, this is a really nice way for um, authors, especially those who are from marginalized backgrounds to share their work and to connect with readers. Um, the festival will be providing a list of independent bookstore, um, a list of independent bookstore links for the audience to purchase books from. Um, some stores will even have signed books or book plates available. So um, make sure to check that out. Um, one, one panel I'm really looking forward to is the Middle Grade Lunch Bunch panel. And that features uh, Debbie Michiko, the author of Keep It Together, Keiko Carter. Uh, Jessica Kim, the author of Stand Up Yumi Chung, who we've had on the podcast before. And May Respicio, the author of Any Day With You. So in this panel, they're going to talk about what's inside the lunchbox of their characters. Oh. And it, it sounds like super cute. And Yumi you know, Chung probably has like bulgogi, rice, and some Well, there's like an on. actual <laughs> like... Like there's an actual scene in Stand Up Yumi Chung where like Yumi opens her lunchbox and it's like it's like rice and purugogi and like a bunch of side <laughs> dishes and Yumi's just like oh like I don't want to eat this because <laughs> it's it's cold it's cold now and she eats it every day so she's mm. like I'm gonna toss this in the trash and then go get tacos across the street <laughs> so uh, How sad. yeah I'm just I'm so yeah sad. it is sad but it's also <laughs> super relatable. Yeah. Um, but I think the panel, like all of the panel listings are going to be up on the site uh, on April 17th. So you can actually look and see what is scheduled. And uh, the website is just everywherebookfest.com. Amazing. Um, I'm, it's, really, it's been really cool to see how different industries have um, responded to this new 
digital first age that we're in, especially to support new works, right? Like with book events going online now, I know um, um, it's been really cool to see like all of our favorite authors on book Twitter, like just plugging each other and supporting each other. It's, it's been really, it's been really nice to see. Yeah, it's really nice that there are uh, digital options for authors right now, uh, especially since a lot of independent bookstores and just like mainstream bookstores have laid off a lot of their workers. I know recently Barnes & Noble has temporarily closed more than like 500 of their stores and furloughed most of its employees. So um, even even like the titans of the book industry are (laughs) struggling yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's really nice to see, uh, like I said earlier in this podcast that like independent bookstore owners are being innovative with technology to bring authors and their works to their communities. So bravo to them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this new day and age, I think having community-based businesses are more important than ever because I don't know about you, but I am craving some community right now. Yeah, but I, I feel it. I feel the tug of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, I guess that'll also do it for this episode of Books and Boba. Um, hope you enjoyed our recap of the latest book news in Asian American literature. Uh, thanks again to Reba for compiling these stories. Um, and if you have time, Reba's been um, very active on the Books and Boba blog um, at booksandboba.com. So if you want to check out her rundown of March and April uh, books by Asian Asian American authors or her listicle about what Asian snacks you should pair with your YA Asian American books. Uh, check out, check those out. I know um, she's been the direct cause of a lot of people becoming hungry these past few days. Yep. <laughs> I'm working on some more, but it might take time. I'm not the fastest book blogger. So, <laughs> so I have major respects for book bloggers who are able to read like 10 books a week and uh, get posts up nearly every single day. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I have no idea. I, most of the time, I'm just like, why am I doing this? No one is making me force, no one is forcing me to write these blog posts. But it's amazing what happens when you have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll write one one these days. One of these days. <laughs> well, uh, again, uh, again, our book club pick for the month of April is Mimi Lee Gets a Clue by Jennifer J. Chow. Yeah, we'll be talking about that at the end of the month. Um, so stay tuned for that. And if, if you've already completed the book and want to talk about it right now, you can go to our Goodreads group at goodreads.com. Um, search for the Books and Boba group and um, let us know your thoughts. And with that, Rira, stay safe, be healthy, and um, I'll catch you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Rira Yu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about The Collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening.
Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.